Welcome back. This is the soft count. So the first things first, I'd like to uh, go over the picks from the UFC fight for the uh, little weekend roundup I've got planned for tonight. Um, I'd like to apologize. So overall, we went eight for eleven on the picks, which is good. Uh, with one error, <laughs> I actually, when I was watching the weigh-ins, I they had the names mixed up at the weigh-in for Gina Mazzani and Shannon Young for the first fight of the night. And I remember in my podcast, I went back and heard, uh, you know, I said, I said, Shanna looks tired, but it was actually Gina looked tired. And, and I'd had a long weekend. We'd been working on the NFL draft and uh, with the UFC kind of coming up. And then obviously with the big weekend up ahead, I just kind of dropped the ball and didn't really notice that they had the names mixed up. So I'll take, I'll take the fall for that. Uh, Natan Levy, called that uh johan i missed that was one of the fights i missed and then francisco wasn't upset i called that obviously alexander romanoff that was an easy one uh christoph jocko got that one right i told everybody that i could possibly tell that darren elkins was not going to lose now that fight excuse me that fight was wild and i kind of called that i had that one circled as being a banger darren elkins is just a dog and then my other error is i said jared gordon and, uh, I mean, I bet personally on Grant Dawson. I, me- I meant to say Grant Dawson, but it, like I said, it was a long weekend. But even with that error, uh, the, the best call of the weekend I gave, I gave two really nice call-outs this weekend. One of them was the Joe anderson Brito fight with Andre Feely. I said there's no way Andre Feely wins that fight. He was minus 238, I think. And Joe Anderson came in at plus 195. That's just sweet, sweet money right there. <clears throat> if you didn't have a flat out on that. I mean, and then Joe Anderson won in the first round by a knockout within like, I don't know, 25 seconds. So that became easy money. And then the other ticket that I I really thought was going to be the easiest fight, the easiest money of the night was Andre Arlovsky, which is funny because that fight, he really, he, he probably shouldn't have won, but he did. And so I'm not complaining, but that's what happens when these guys let it go to a decision. There's anything can happen. The fight I really want to talk about, and I, it was kind of shocking for a couple different reasons, is Rob Font and Marlon Vera. What a banger. I've never seen somebody get hit so many times and have no damage. I don't know where Rob Font's power, if he has any power. I, I don't know what happened. So let me, let me put – this is when it really – I was really shocked. After the first round – it was clear to me that Rob Font was dominating him. I mean, he was just tapping him, hitting him up, hitting him up, hitting him up. He had good power in the first round, too. I was worried for Marlon Vera that he might not get out of the first or second round. And then the second round started, and it was more of the same. Like, Marlon Vera wasn't throwing any strikes at all, really. I I, I was wondering when he was going to start his attack. He was just kind of dancing around while Rob Font was tapping him up, tapping him up, punching him, punching him, punching him, scoring points, scoring points. And then they take the seat for the second round. And the beginning of the third round start, and they zoom in on Rob Font. And I'm like, how is this guy all fucked up? His face was already starting to show a lot of wear. And my buddies and I are kind of like, Where? when did he get hit? He, he, he didn't <laughs> – Rob, Rob Font was just dishing out damage. 
and appeared to take not really and, – and Marlon didn't really seem to throw very many strikes in the first and second round. Then you look in the third round, it's like, damn, Rob's got a big goiter on his fucking head and a dinger under his eye. He looked bad. And then he, when he got, by the time he got to the fourth round, Marlon had landed that heel kick to his fucking eye socket, and it was at that point, I'm really, I'm really shocked the referees just didn't stop the fight going into the fifth round. They let him fight. I mean, look, I know that everybody wants to see it, and even Marlon Vera, if you watch the last like ten seconds of that fight, Marlon Vera stops. He's like, I'm not gonna kill this guy. I'm, so, I don't want to kill this guy. So. It's over, you know. He stops. He stops attacking. It's like he's gonna need to go to the. Ho- he had to go to the hospital after that fight. Rob Font took one of the worst beatings I've ever seen. Period. Marlon Vera, I was wrong, and I was right. You are getting better and better and better. And somehow, some way, you mastered the art of fighting without fighting, like Bruce Lee, because that was that shit was unbelievable. I, I felt like I barely. You you weren't even sweating at the end of the fight. I felt like you barely threw any strikes. And then you, this dude's absolutely decimated, and he didn't have a scratch on you. Touche. That was fucking awesome. And I'll say this about Marlon. How the hell is he 135? I thought that Rob would look big, and he actually came in overweight even. And when they're standing there, like, they're the same height. I, thought, I, re, I genuinely thought, like, I think Rob came in overweight knowing that Marlon looks big. And, and when Marlon's there, it's like, man, he is stout looking for that weight. I remember when he fought Sean O'Malley. I mean, Sean's really tall, but Marlon's a problem for the division. He's he's a nice he's a nice fighter, and he's been kind of left on the back burner by UFC for a while. But now that he's got a nice fan base, the Cheeto Vera fan base, it's it's grown, it's grown, and so he's a nice little superstar on the rise. If if they can move him up properly and give him a nice title shot, I think uh, I think that'd be nice for Marlon. Overall, great weekend for for gambling. If you follow the pod, I uh, got a couple texts on a three-way parlay off of my off my recommendations. I'll post that on the Instagram. And by the way, I was a little late to get to the pod this weekend uh, after Sunday, mostly because I was kind of doing some maintenance stuff. And so now I got an Instagram up, the soft count. It's just called the soft count. And uh, you can message me on there if you choose to shoot the shit. Tell me I suck, I, you know, whatever. <laughs> whatever. Whatever you want to do. So that was the UFC weekend. The draft I'd like to talk about briefly. And what I kind of, my, my final takes, and I, I'm not going to spend a lot of time on this because like I, I kind of pointed out before, every, there's no such thing as a bad draft. And if you go back and look at all these years I've pointed out, I mean, nobody knew Andrew Whitworth was going to be a Hall of Famer in the bottom of the second round. Just like this year, whoever's at the bottom of the second round, we don't know who the Hall of Famers are, but they're there. And that's really what I was trying to point out is that there's not a lot to discuss after the first round. Like the first first round is the talking points and really the second round. You can, you can have nice talking points in the second round too. But after that, you start getting into the scouts' deep black book, right? They're, they're, these are some deep cuts. And these guys are getting pulled in the fourth and fifth round. Some, a lot of them won't make the team. Some undrafted free agent will. He'll come in and beat out a dude that got drafted in the fifth round. It happens every single season. And so, you know, there's just not a lot to talk about other than the quarterbacks because typically a quarterback's not going to get, you know, cut in training camp. He might. 
But in this case, I want to talk briefly again about Kenny Pickett. And uh, my comp it for Kenny Pickett is Bo Callahan from the movie The Draft Day. I found out I remembered his last name as I was driving home from work today. Bo Callahan is is our boy Kenny Pickett. They got the same hairdo, same hype, little hands. I don't hate on. I mean, really, there's nothing to hate about Pickett other than the fact that it's clear now after the draft, after the next quarterback didn't go till like the third round, that the Steelers wasted their first round pick and could have clearly got Kenny Pickett in the second round. They probably still would have been the first quarterback taken in the second round if they would have just waited and could have got a nice little piece to go with Kenny Pickett if they really loved Kenny Pickett, which it, obviously they did. They see him every day, whatever. I. I'm sorry. I just haven't. It hasn't set well with me, especially today, as I've seen everybody kind of raving, like, "Oh, the Steelers—they tricked everybody. Good for them." I'm like, "Good for them." They could have had Kenny Pickett in the second round, possibly the third round. I mean, it's possible if the Steelers didn't take Kenny Pickett in the first round that Desmond Ritter was the first quarterback off the board. Kenny Pickett might have only been the top quarterback to the Steelers. And everybody else might have viewed Desmond Ritter as really the number one quarterback in the draft. Nobody thought Malik Willis was the number one quarterback in the draft. No one. And I I said in the pre-draft, Desmond Ritter's probably the best one. He might not be very good. Honestly, and I said the comp is probably Marcus Mariota. And and I've seen that comp a few times since then. That's probably accurate. They're about the same size. I think Desmond's maybe a little faster. He seems tougher. When you see him talk, Mariota's kind of a soft-spoken guy, pretty nice. There's an edge to Desmond Ritter when you see him speak. He's super emotional, too. I didn't realize that about him, but in the draft day speech, he's talking like, I'm going to win a Super Bowl and shit, which is great, whatever. I mean, you're the quarterback. You should believe that stuff. But he's super intense and emotional when I think a guy like Mariota is much more even-keeled, even kind of a backseat rider kind of guy, which at quarterback, I mean, you kind of want a rah-rah guy, I would imagine. You want somebody that's going to lay on top of a grenade for you. But Kenny Pickett's got, I don't, he, to me, that's also not the right alpha. Kenny comes off to me as somebody that people are not going to like. That That's the vibe I get. But, you know, kind of like, like the Bo Callahan thing. I could be totally wrong. Kenny might be the nicest dude of all time. And maybe one day I'll meet him and he'll call me an asshole. And it's like, okay, yeah, sure. I am. <laughs> you wouldn't be the first to tell me that. I suck, you know, no, about, no doubt. But you do look like Bo Callahan, which isn't a bad thing. <laughs> He's a movie star. The other quarterback that was taken that I, I, I'm actually excited for now, when Malik Willis got drafted to the Tennessee Titans, I was actually excited because the first thing that popped into my mind was, wow, they're going to run the option read with two middle linebackers. (laughs) They're going to have Derrick Henry and Malik Willis running the option read, which, you know, it'd be fun for a few plays. I remember when the Wildcat came back with uh, Ronnie Brown and uh, Ricky Williams down in Miami. They did it for eh, about half a season. And when it first hit, man, everybody was – fucked they didn't know what to do teams caught up you can only run gimmicky shit like that for so long because the athletes are just too good and and that was god that was 15 years ago now the athletes now 
they're better. They, they just keep getting better. Athletes just keep getting better. It's not a knock on the old heads or the old game, but the new game has athletes, guys like going in the fourth and fifth round running four twos and shit. It's just a different world we live in, different different training, different supplements. And uh, you know, those old guys, you know, they gradually got better than the ones before them too. And the ones that, you know, it just kept, it's like a, it's, it's a cycle. It's not even a cycle. It's just a, it's a graph. It just keep, and it keeps going up. <laughs> Athletes just keep getting better, and that is no lie. So that'll be fun to watch. A little Derrick Henry, Malik Willis doing a little option read. If the guy can ever throw, they can add a little RPO into that, and that'll be a nice little trick. <laughs> I like I like seeing that. That'll be fun. Outside of that, I just thought there were some teams that did really shitty. I think the Giants had a shitty draft. I know a lot of people were giving them props because they got Thibodeau and a lineman or whatever. That's just not the NFL today. Going out there and I don't know. It just doesn't – you don't gain anything from building your lineup. You'll have this great offensive line protecting a quarterback that may or may not be able to throw, throwing to wideouts that may or may not be able to catch. I just – I don't see any benefit to being like we're going to set up our offensive line and we believe I mean you don't believe in Daniel Jones everybody knows that everybody knows it a lot of people gave the uh the Lions you know an A because they got Aiden Hutchinson that that was the worst pick they made they they had to make the pick right Aiden Hutchinson had he was from Michigan he was projected to be number one. He goes number two. There's no way around it. You have to pick him, I guess. But in today's game, like I said, I'm I'm taking interior linemen. I uh, I really do believe in those two Georgia D tackles. Those guys are going to be studs in the NFL. I'm not sure Aiden Hutchinson will be a stud in the NFL. I will say this, though. They did draft Jamison Williams, who I think is probably going to be the best player in the draft, period. It'll take some time. You know, he, has, he has the knee thing, but... When I look at when I look at all the wideouts, Jamison is really the most physical. I know everyone will say Drake London's the physical one. He's only physical because he's slow. Jamison's fast, and when he has to be physical, it is. And so you see less of Jamison Williams being physical because he can just burn people and he can make people miss. But he is strong, and Drake London has to be strong, obviously. But he he's not as fast. I, I'm not I'm not in love with that pick either. I thought the Falcons really. They had a shit draft. Packers had a good draft for the Packers, for the front office. They had a bad draft for, for their uh, quarterback. If you're Aaron Rodgers, you're probably kind of pissed. I said on my on my pod before the sec, after day one, before day two, that if they, are they going to take that kid out of North Dakota State before Bill? They do take the kid out of North Dakota State before Bill. Christian Watson, the guy can fly. My only my only thing is is he's he's six four. A lot of people will say that's really beneficial. Oh my god, he's huge. But the kind of stuff he does is like sweeps, uh, jet sweeps, stuff in space. And at six four, you got to have some lateral speed in the NFL. So we'll see if he does. Obviously, he's like straight line blazing, and he can definitely do some things that are nice. But he was doing it to terrible competition. How fast is he in game? We'll see. I, it's impossible to know right now because he hasn't played anybody. Texans had an okay draft. I thought 
again, they're one of those teams that they need everything. <laughs> they need they need everything, and they drafted a little bit of everything, except a quarterback because they seem to believe in Davis Mills. But I actually I think a lot of people will probably give them a bad grade for taking Derek Stingley Jr. I actually give that that's the that's a great pick. The only pick that you could have done better would have been Ahmad Gardner. And the only reason I say that is because I, I really do believe Ahmad Gardner's proven to be reliable and stay on the field, which is really hard to do. Ask any person in the NFL. Everybody's playing hurt. And so Derek Stingley, you know, he he tried to he did try to play hurt. He just looked bad doing it. And so I like his body type better. A little shorter, a little stouter, better tackler, I think, overall. We'll see how he does. I, I really believe in him. And so, to me, the Houston Texans didn't drop the ball. They took a nice pick there. My biggest issue is that they had another pick at 15 and took Kenyon Green. I'm just – like I said, if you're in the top 20 and you're if you're going to take a lineman, it better be a D-tackle. Outside of that, I can get this stuff later in the draft. I just can. John Mechie, nice player. Damian Pierce out of uh, Florida, nice player. I don't hate their draft. I do hate that number 15 pick, though. I think it's just a cop-out. It's like I'm, I, I don't know what to take, so we'll take a lineman. I don't know what the Colts did at all. I can't even exp- – I don't – just looking at their draft, I, I don't recognize any of these players. They took a tight end out of Youngstown State. They took the D tackle off of Cincinnati. There were two players on Cincinnati that, that – well, three total – that should have been drafted. The rest of them should have probably been undrafted free agents. The the two were the corners, Kobe Bryant and Ahmad Gardner. Kobe Bryant deserved to get drafted, but he's not very fast. Their defense is not very good. Whoever Curtis Brooks is, I never noticed him when he when they finally did. I've seen some Cincinnati. They've shown it. I live in Ohio, so they show Cincinnati games. Nobody else probably should have been drafted outside of those two corners and the quarterback. Everybody else, it's like you, probably have to work your way on a team so again the Colts I'm not sure what the hell they're doing bad draft Jaguars did what I predicted the 27th pick overall with the linebacker out of Utah that was a little strange not unexpected I know a lot of people said he was special overall they got a lot of building to do I think they probably could have used some skill players they didn't get any <laughs> they got a running back Snoop Connor out of Ole Miss. I didn't see any of his highlights, and I didn't watch a lot of Ole Miss. Outside of that, they took two linebackers, three linebackers, a corner, and a center. I don't love it. You had the number one pick in the draft, and you you didn't get the best pass rusher, theoretically. The guy that gave you the, the most production last year in college was Aiden Hutchinson. What you got was the guy that ran the fastest, which is cool. I, I, that's what I would do. I'd, I, you know, if I were a GM and you showed me Trayvon Walker and Aiden Hutchinson, I wouldn't even look at their stats on what they did. I would have just looked at them like, yeah, give me Trayvon Walker. <laughs> would, it's like, yeah, man. If they just ran, that's all I need to see. You know, for, and that's, I think, that's that's probably what happened. <laughs> Kansas City had a nice draft. They were sneaky good. Again, they took another Cincinnati player. You know, obviously a lot of players out of Cincinnati are getting drafted because they made it to the college playoff. Not sure about drafting a lot of these guys. I'm not they don't they don't really do it for me necessarily. I think some of them are gonna be really good. And by some of them I mean those three that I've already mentioned. Trent McDuffie, 
he's going to be sweet. George Karloftis kind of reminds me of, like, if you're from Ohio, you might remember Andy Katzenmoyer. <laughs> Just a guy that tries really hard all the time. Maybe not gifted at all. I have no idea. I don't know if that guy's gifted. I've seen them play. We'll see. I, I, I don't know. This guy Moore's another guy. He kind of just like showed up after the combine, became a hot name, played Western Michigan, which, you know, Antonio Brown, Brown or Antonio Brown played at Central Michigan. I mean, it's not, you know, players come out of that area, and he's on the Chiefs, so they know they'll know what to do with him. I don't hate it. And then, you know, in the later rounds, there's just nothing to talk about. Like, how many of you watched Jalen Watson out of Washington State play cornerback if you're not a professional scout? I'm not going to sit here and pretend I know dick about him. I don't. I haven't seen him. Raiders didn't really have a great draft, but they didn't really have a lot of picks. They did what they could with what they had. One of the things they did that I really liked is they took Zamir White. He's a nice back. I think he'll have a nice – He's going to have a nice career. Chargers, they had the 17th pick overall. They took a lineman. Here's my problem. I really do believe it's like I'm not taking that lineman until 20. At 17, I think in a couple years we'll look back and say, wow, they could have had this guy with Justin Herbert. Oh, my God. And they took who? I think that might be that pick. Dion Johnson might be great, but he's not one of the top linemen. And I think their skill players are getting older. They need weapons. I used to think they had a lot of weapons. I mean, here's the other thing they took a fullback in the draft. <laughs> Let me repeat that. The, the Los Angeles Chargers drafted a fullback. Eh. If I'm the owner, I'm having a conversation with the powers that be on my team. Like, listen, what the hell are we doing? That's not good enough. Rams, what? Yeah, what is there to talk about? They traded all their picks. They, they got some stuff later in the in the draft, and, and I don't have a problem with any of it. Who knows if Logan Bruss out of Wisconsin, the offensive guard, who knows if he'll be good. But it's a luxury for them. They've got everything they need on offense. It's They think they've got everything they need on defense, but I'm not 100% sure about that. We'll see. Their defensive line's gotten a little bit worse. They've traded away Von Miller, which I would have done too, and I definitely wouldn't sign OBJ again. Too many knee surgeries now. The Dolphins didn't have any picks. They got an F. I don't, they took a, a guy at 100, 125, 224. Guys that... Unless you live in the Texas area and love Texas Tech, you might know who that guy is, but these are guys that are just not on TV, and you just got to rely on their scouting and hope that Eric Izukanama is going to be great. <laughs> you just have to roll with it. He might be. And then everybody looks like an ass that didn't draft him, which is awesome. That's fun too. Minnesota. Minnesota had the last pick in the first round, and they took a safety, which Harrison Smith's getting old. I'm fine at the bottom of the first round, people taking those guys. that's They took a corner, a guard, a linebacker, a corner, pass rusher. No weapons, really. People are giving them an A. <laughs> they become Patriots. Man, I don't know. 
I don't know what the hell Bill Belichick's on about. Taquan Thornton might be a nice player out of Baylor. The rest of these guys, I mean, I've never even heard of some of these guys. Western Kentucky, South Dakota State, Houston, Northwest Missouri State. (laughs) You can't see these guys on TV anywhere. We'll see what happens. They got some problems. New Orleans Saints got Chris Olave. That's good. I don't know why. The the Saints always draft guys out of Ohio State. It's not exactly working out. (laughs) They keep doing it. But I don't know. And they took a D tackle out of Air Force. Now, here's my problem with that. I'm under the impression that these military schools have weight limits. So how big can Jordan Jackson be as an interior lineman out of Air Force? I mean, he can't be 300 pounds and pass physicals. So it's kind of a weird pick. Giants, like I said, I don't love that. I think the Jets probably had the best draft, period. They've got... Two of the best offensive players out of the entire draft. They got arguably one of the two of the best defensive players in the draft. And then they got sneakily a really fantastic tight end and a really good pass rusher. Sauce Gardner, Garrett Wilson, Jermaine Johnson, Brees Hall, the running back out of Iowa State. I don't know. I can't believe he fell to the Jets. That's a nice pick there. And then a player that most people may or may not be familiar with is Jeremy Ruckert out of Ohio State. He was a great blocker, strong, could not a great route runner, but ran routes and had good hands. He's going to be one of those, if everything goes according to plan, hopefully you'll get a Mark Andrews type player. That's like the top high-end version of him, right? If everything doesn't go according to plan, he'll just be a guy that disappears. Eagles got Jordan Davis. I For a while, I've been saying that Jordan Davis is probably the best player in the draft. I really thought I really do believe that still, to a certain degree. Uh, He's just so big. The upside's so good. The tape is good. Everything matches up to me. Jordan Davis played well in-game, and then his combine was shockingly amazing. And so to me, it all lines up, and he he looks like the best player. I think the most underrated player in the draft is probably N'Kobe Dean. He went 83rd overall, and I think one day we'll be looking back at that and thinking, holy shit, because he's 5'11", 230, 240 maybe. I don't know what he is, but he looks jacked to me. And he didn't have a great combine, and so he fell. And that might be the biggest one day when we when I'm having this podcast a year from now, two years from now, that might be the biggest shocker we've ever heard of, Nicobe Dean dropping to 83rd. He might also be a bust. We'll see. Yeah, the, the Steelers – I hated their draft. I want them to be good. My best friend loves the Steelers. Big Steelers guy. And so, I don't hate him. And he's never hated on the Browns for my sake either. We both equally hated the Ravens. That's how our friendship was able to coexist for so many years. Is that, I've had a lot of people ask me, like, how can your best friend be a Steelers fan? I'm like, well, we both hate the Ravens. (laughs) That's how it works. Steelers had a bad draft. Unless Kenny Pickett's great. And he might be. George Pickens might be great. In fact, I would almost put a $100 bill down saying George Pickens is going to be great because he went to the Steelers, and they they spot wide receiver talent every year. Deontay Johnson's badass. they got a bunch of badass guys in there right now. George Pickens might be another badass. They've only, had, they've only really only missed on one wideout in the last 
20 years, and that was Limus Swede, if anybody remembers that guy. He was, man, he could not catch. And you could argue that Plaxico Burris was a miss. They drafted him, and they had to trade him because he couldn't catch. And then he became Plaxico Burris. Good, great player. Niners didn't have a lot to work with. Their first pick was at 61. Took an edge rusher. Shocker. Give him an F. Why not? Seahawks, give him an F easily. Um, yeah, they didn't get anything. They're screwed. Tampa Bay gets a pass regardless because they have Tom Brady, and it seems like anywhere Tom Brady is, like nobody cares about the draft. That seems to just be the like, oh, well, it's just all luxury. They got they're loaded, so no matter what, they have a good draft because they get <clears throat> Logan Hall at thirty three. Thirty three is a high pick. What is that? That's the first pick of the second round. And they took a defensive end. They might regret that because there's a lot of talent in the second round. And they've got a pretty good defense. I'm not in love with that because I feel like for two years in a row now, Tampa Bay is just kind of like on autopilot in the draft. But 33 is a high pick. If Christian Watkins turns out to be amazing, you guys didn't take him. I'm a little worried about that. A little worried. Tennessee did some nice things later in the draft. But their first two days are an F. They got rid of A.J. Brown, who's a number one receiver. He is the real deal. Now he gets hurt, but so does everybody in the NFL. But he is a straight number one. Sick. So they trade him away, and they get Traylon Burks, who is a cheaper version of A.J. Brown, and I kind of explained that. Like, he's going to be on a rookie deal. He's literally a cheaper version, if he's any good at all. But if he's not any good, then he's not even a, he's not even a cheap version of A.J. Brown. He's not he's not anything. He's just nothing. You can't get rid of A.J. Brown for Traylon Burks. You get rid of A.J. Brown if you want Jamison Williams or Garrett Wilson or Chris Olave. If you're going to trade A.J. Brown, you get one of the top three, you don't get Traylon Burks. That's an F. It might even be me firing somebody if I'm the owner. Like, <laughs> that's unex, you know, no. Roger McCreary is a nice player. The Ohio State offensive tackle. Now, again, he's he's coming off of one of the worst offensive lines in Ohio State in, a, in several years now. He's not a great guy. Uh, as far I mean, he might be a great guy. I just mean he's not a great player. He's He could be good. And then they took Malik Willis, who... <laughs> everybody knows is not an NFL quarterback. He might be one day. He's going to be on the bench developing. They'll probably have a package where he comes in and runs the option read with Derrick Henry. That's that's what they got. <clears throat> not, not great. Probably an F. <laughs> Commanders. Jahan Dotson's a nice player. Who knows about Sam Howell? This is a D draft. And it's only a D and not an F because they got Jahan Dotson, who might be nice. But and that that their D tackle out of Alabama might be nice. I don't love this draft. This is a D. Sam Howell. Yeah, <laughs> that's no good. So we won't know. You know, we won't really know if any of these picks are any good for a long time. But but that's kind of the fun part of it all. We can kind of sit here and shit on guys and then. You know, one day we'll find out if they're talented or not. 
<clears throat> trying to think if there's anybody else that was a little bit maybe second day that I thought would really be interesting. But second day's tough. I mean, there's definitely a bunch of players taken on the second day, but that that are going to be great. It's just hard to know. I I think Devontae Wyatt, he was a bottom of the first round. He he might be really good. He went to, he went to the Packers, which is funny because they desperately needed wide receivers and they took defense with their two number one picks and then they got the Christian Watson guy. But I think Devontae Wyatt, as mad as all the Packers are, he's going to be good. I like the Bengals, what they did. They were able to get a safety, a corner, an interior lineman, all with their top three picks. And they were all later picks because, you know, they went to the Super Bowl. If you go to the Super Bowl and you get cover guys and interior linemen, that's what that's what I'm talking about. That's that's a good draft. The Bears the Bears didn't have a first round pick, so they've just got a lot of cap problems. I, I don't really recognize very many of the players they drafted, if any. That's that's a problem. I should recognize at least one of your players. But NC State I mean, that doesn't mean they're not gonna be good. It's just hard to know. And you're trying to create hype for your franchise. You're trying to create excitement. And that's hard to do when you draft a bunch of like people nobody knows. <laughs> that's a, it, you know, it's all it, it's still a business. As much as you're trying to win, you're also you're also trying to make money. And so if you draft a bunch of guys that nobody knows, it's harder to make money. It's harder to create excitement. I know a lot of people are watching the NBA. I haven't had a, I've had a, like very little time to talk about the NBA. So this will be my first chance to really get into some of the NBA stuff. I'll tell you now. Let me just get this off my chest. The Bucks are going to be the champs again. Go ahead and mark that down. And I'll tell you why. Giannis. That's it. The dude is unguardable, unstoppable. I saw him when he first came into the league and he was really skinny. I, I liked him. I liked Kevin Durant coming in skinny. I just didn't care. I, I thought these guys were freak shows. Like, how could you be that tall and that fast and that talented? It was just amazing to me. I've known a few people that were 6'11. I've known, like, I worked with a couple guys and they were like the most uncoordinated monsters I'd ever known. It was one of them got like a staph infection on his chest one time. He was just a dude was a mess. He was like, you know, 6'11. I don't know. He was he was huge. And he couldn't run. There's no way. He might die if he ran. And so it's amazing. <laughs> it's amazing seeing Giannis do the things he does at his height. It's incredible. And there's nobody that can stop him. Now, who are they going to play? Sorry, you might hear a little dog back there. My wife is hanging with the dogs. So who are the Bucks going to play? And it's pretty clear now that they're going to play Golden State. Why do I say that? I say that because Joel Embiid's hurt and Devin Booker's hurt. There's one other scenario I see happening, and that's the Heat possibly getting there. Now, initially, last week I thought, okay, the Heat have a chance because the Celtics and the Bucks might beat up each other and go to Game 7, in which case the Heat might just like walk through their series meet the Bucks or you know the Bucks or the Celtics, they would one of them would be tired. But here's where I, here's where the kicker comes. I'm not really on that train anymore, mostly because 
I don't think the Celtics are going to be a problem for the Bucks. At first I thought, well, Chris Middleton's out. That's, a, that's, that's big. And then it turns out it's not big. <laughs> you know, for a while I used to think, who cares about Chris Middleton? And then last year I, he really proved his worth, and I thought, oh, Chris Middleton's important. And now he's hurt, and Giannis is just dominant anyway. He'll come back, maybe. I don't know what happened to him. I'm not sure. Is he done? Done. But if Philly, Philly's gonna have a hard time finishing off Miami without Joel Embiid, and he's got like a busted orbital or something crazy. So who knows if he'll be able to come back? And if he does come back, if he'll be effective, he might come back, and they might be worse because he's out there with like a helmet on, and he can't see anything. So I'm kind of off Philly. I've never been on Miami. I got another buddy that's down in Florida that loves Miami. He loves all these. He loves the Braves, too. I mean, he probably wouldn't tell his other Florida friends that, maybe. But he likes the heat a lot. And there's things about the heat that I like. But overall, I just like their coach. I don't really like any of their players other than Jimmy Butler. Jimmy's sweet. Jimmy's badass. But the rest of it, I'm not. I don't love Bam. I don't love Tyler Hero. I Duncan Robinson, these are just dudes on the team, and they they play well. And the reason they play well is because they're coached. They have they have the best, one of the best coaches in the NBA. Really like them, but they don't have Giannis, and Giannis is dominating. He's coming out of the East. He's going to walk over the Celtics, and then whoever he meets after that, he's going to walk over them, and then he's going to meet Golden State. And the only reason I say that is because Devin Booker's hurt. The Suns are just. If he doesn't come back, and and then when he does come back, if he's not just the same, they're in trouble. Devin Booker is the best player on that team, and it is clear. It's been a, the whole argument for a while now. Like, is Devin Booker a superstar? He's almost a superstar. The dude's a superstar. Chris Paul's a good, a really good player. He is, and and the only reason you would call him a superstar is because he's on commercials. And he's really nice. He's just, he's old. And without Devin Booker, I mean, he can give it to you a couple nights, you know, a couple nights a week. He can give it to you. Go out there, cross somebody up. That little step back mid-range game he's got is nice. But you can't win the the finals that way. He's not going to win the finals. Is DeAndre Ayton going to turn into Shaq in the next night? Is he going to become Joel Embiid overnight? No. They have to have Devin Booker, who is basically the closest thing we've seen to Kobe Bryant. And I don't say that lightly. I'm of the Kobe Bryant era. That's who I grew up with. I didn't really grow up with Mike. I mean, I did, but I was 10 when he was winning his third championship. I saw Mike. I saw more of Kobe. I've seen all of LeBron. Kobe Bryant, I mean, I don't say that lightly, you know. Like, Devin Booker's like Kobe Bryant. He's they're similar movements, the way they kind of their little step back jumper with their foot up. It looks similar. So without him, I don't I don't see him getting it done. And now the boys are back in town, right? Golden State's back. They're kind of back. It's a new look Golden State back. And it's really it's really interesting because I've always been kind of a Draymond hater. I think he's people act like he's underrated. It's he's overrated because he's got a bunch of rings now and he's on arguably the best team of the modern era. He's been a part of it. He's been a part of it building. 
And, you know, I've always kind of just hated Golden State because I'm a SoCal boy. And now I'm a Midwest boy. And so I kind of just, I just, I never liked Golden State. But now I like Steph Curry. I do. He's, Steph Curry's awesome. And Draymond Green, what he did to Jokic in that series made me like him. (laughs) I kind of was sitting there watching, like, how did he do that? Wow. He's short. He's lost some weight, too. So good for him. He seems lighter. Got a little gray on his chin now. It's pretty, it's pretty sweet. I, I dig it. He, and he plays hard and always. He's always played hard. I just have always been pissed that he can't shoot very well because he's open all the time. You just see him standing wide open. It's like, man, if you weren't talking on a fucking podcast in the offseason and were shooting, <sighs> he's one of these guys that will like make fun of LeBron for not being able to make free throws. And then nobody guards him. Because he's he can't he doesn't practice shooting. Like, if you were Draymond Green, you're him. Wouldn't you just be in the gym twenty four seven making sure you can shoot wide open shots because the two best shooters of all of the modern era are arguably on your team and you're always open? And he he gets buckets, but he, he averages like I don't even know if he's averaging double digits this year, but he gets like ten points, you know, a couple rebounds, ten you know, I don't know if he gets ten rebounds all the time. Get some assists. And everyone's like, well, he runs the offense. And I say to that, no, he doesn't. <laughs> he doesn't. The, the whole thing without Steph Curry doesn't go. And the numbers prove it. They're like minus 40 with him on and plus 11 with him off or something crazy. I, they said the stat during the game the other day. The offense runs through Steph Curry even with the emergence of Jordan Poole, who is really awesome. And that's the new look. That's the new thing they've got going. Because Jordan Poole isn't really like Kevin Durant. He's a different player altogether. But he's super talented and he can shoot from anywhere. He's really fast. He's young. And what makes him more valuable to them than Kevin Durant now is that he is a part of their system. He was born in it, molded by it, breathes it. He's what... Steph Curry is. He's what Draymond Green is. He's what Klay Thompson is. He is one of the boys. And it's not going to change. Maybe he doesn't re-sign there. Maybe. But if he wants to keep winning, he will. They're going to be – they're going. They're going. Memphis is not beating them. And if – I don't see anybody getting past Golden State in the West. And I don't see anybody getting past the Bucs in the East. I think that's what we're going to be looking at. I got the game on over here. I'm kind of watching it right now. A couple close games so far. The Bucks, <laughs> the Celtics got a lot to figure out in that game. I'll do another podcast with my picks as uh, this or later this week for for the NBA. But coming up is the big UFC event, and we have the Miami F1 race. And so we'll do a little Formula One podcast this week. We'll do some UFC podcasting this week. And we'll talk. A, we might take a little bit of a break from the NFL. I know a lot of people love the NFL. I love the NFL. I always talk about it. It always slips its way into the podcast. So we'll probably talk a little NFL, obviously, throughout the week. But the big, the big thing for us this weekend is gambling, like always. So we got Michael Chandler. That's the big. That's the hot shit. I cannot wait. It's going to be a banger. And we've got the the first Miami Formula One race. And there's a bunch of new contenders in Formula One. I know we got a lot of new fans in America because of the Drive to Survive series. 
And if you're on Reddit, I, I like Reddit. I'm a Redditor. Um, if you get on Reddit, I think a lot of new fans get hate because they're, they've found Formula One through that series. I don't hate anybody that did that. My wife has done that. I show my wife this show. I'm like, check this out. I had a stepdad growing up that was a big Formula One fan. He used to take me to mid-Ohio for the Lamar races and the the Sprint Car Championship Series. Got to see a bunch of cool races at mid-Ohio. Never been to a Formula One race. Watch it every weekend since I was a kid. I follow it. Nobody to talk to it about with. But we'll do a short segment on here. It'll be a separate podcast. You know, I'll just do a separate post for it. Those of you that are interested in it, we'll talk some. I don't want to have... I'm really trying to not let that bleed into most of my mainstream talk because I know a lot of you are just like, I don't want to, I don't, I don't care. <laughs> so I'll have a separate labeled, you know, it'll say Formula One and we'll do a podcast on that. Those of you that are interested, I'll, and it'll be interesting because I'm curious to see how many of you want to talk about Formula One in America because it is, the popularity is rising. We've got in 2023, a Las Vegas race. Can you imagine? It's going to be a street race. Can you imagine being in Las Vegas that weekend, especially if they have a UFC event going? You get to go to the race. You get to go to UFC. Ah, shit would be awesome. Formula One is going to start bringing in a lot of money in the States. They're going to have three races in 2023 in the United States. That's that's unheard of. Never happened, I don't, I don't believe. It is getting bigger. And their events are huge. The Miami event sold out. It's this weekend. It sold out in a day. There will be 400,000 people through there this weekend. Did you hear me? There will be 400,000 people through the race this weekend. I mean, how many people can go to the Super Bowl? 65,000, the biggest? I don't know. The NFL stadiums are not college stadiums. They don't hold 100,000 people. The, the Super Bowl, if they do it at one of these modern stadiums in, in the NFL, they, they hold 60,000, roughly. So the Super Bowl's got like 60,000 people there and obviously millions watching on television. Formula One is going to have 400,000 people come through over the weekend and millions around the world watching it. It is huge around the world. And so America is just starting to hop on the train with it. It's going to be fun. I'm excited to see how America reacts to Formula One and, and, and its popularity rising. And then we'll do another. We'll do our pickums on Friday. Friday I'm going to try to get the pickums up on Friday night after the weigh-ins, after the ceremonial weigh-ins. That's when I want to get it up. I got it on Saturday morning the next day last week, so I'm going to try to avoid that. I really want to get things going on a certain time. But like I said, it's a new podcast, new things are happening, and I'm, I'm really excited. Look forward to seeing you guys this week, and I'll talk to you soon. Peace. Peace.